I distinctly heard it. He muttered under his breath, Jew. You're crazy. No, I'm not. We were walking off the tennis court, and, you know, he was there, and me and his wife, and he looked at her, and then they both looked at me, and under his breath he said, Jew. <laughs> Alvy, you're a total paranoid. Well, how am I a paranoid? I pick up on those kind of things. You know, I was having lunch with some guys from NBC, so I said, uh, did you eat yet or what? And Tom Christie said, no, Jew. Not did you, Jew eat, Jew? No, not did you eat, but Jew eat, Jew, you get it? Jew eat? Uh, Max, you, uh... Stop calling me Max. Why, Max? It's a good name for you. Max, you see conspiracies and everything. No, I don't. You know, I was in a record store. Listen to this. So I know there's this big, tall, blonde, crew-cutted guy, and he's looking at me in a funny way and smiling, and he's saying, yes, we have a sale this week on Wagner. Wagner, Max, Wagner. So I know what he's really trying to tell me, very significantly, Wagner. Right, Max. And welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Sure, we've opened with that one before, but this time it's a metaphor. So much left to say before we leave L.A. There's no abomination when it's animation domination. So much left to see as we begin L.A. Podcast number three from Exalt Studios on the scene. It's me, Red, and Gene, right now. Yes, it's podcast number three, and here we are at Exalt Studios. Once again, The Nightfly with Dave Jessica. That's the new title I have. <laughs> and we're here with the lovely and talented Mitch Watson, everybody, joining us today in the studio. <clears throat> Thank you, Dave. Mitch Watson from Animation Domination. Mm-hmm. No, from uh, it's uh, DreamWorks now, right? It's DreamWorks, DreamWorks right now, yes. But it's like Warner Brothers DreamWorks, no? No, I have it, it was Warner Brothers. It was Warner Brothers, and then you now moved it's to DreamWorks. Yeah. Then you moved it upscale to DreamWorks. A little bit. A little bit I don't upscale. care for DreamWorks. I have been feuding with Steven Spielberg since the 90s. I'll be honest with you, he's not a whole lot involved anymore. Neither, I don't none care. Of them, none of the SKG is actually even there anymore. They're all gone. I know what SKG is. What is it? Uh, Spielberg, Katzenberg, Geffen. Oh, they're all gone. Right, those guys. I can't stand all of those guys. And I'll tell you why right now. Um, The thing is, uh, (laughs) I was going to say, coming up, but I I can never concentrate with the music, so I have to turn it off. Um, Thank you, Mitch, uh, joining us today and coming all the way from Burbank. Coming all the way from Burbank, all the way to downtown where we are. Those are an undisclosed location. And um, no, thank you. I don't (laughs) care for um, uh, Steven Spielberg. Uh, because many years ago, in the 90s, uh, there was a show. It was uh, called uh, Dr. Katz. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have heard of it. And uh, I was on that show. I was lucky enough to be on this uh, wonderful show for the young Is that kids. Lauren Bouchard? Was yes, Lauren? it is. Uh, the who Bob's I, Burgers. Who I've gotten to know recently. Oh, you have? Very nice man. Yes. Very Our nice. kids went uh, to the same preschool. Oh, is that right? He yes. was very good to me. Now he hasn't been. But uh, he was very good, and we got along very well. And so Lauren Bouchard and uh, Dr. Uh, Jonathan Katz and Tom Snyder, not the Tom Snyder we grew up with, but the, mm-hmm. the one who does animation and, and science stuff, uh, all got together and were doing another sh- a new show from Dr. Katz called Giving Harry the Business, starring H. John Benjamin, mm-hmm. who we spoke about last week, or yeah, you know, the last podcast, because um, as you know, because uh, I was talking about you in the sense of that 
we were playing, um, well, we were, I can show you exactly what we were playing. Let's take a look here. This is what I do, by the way, so it's okay. <laughs> we were playing this clip yesterday. Now, Ian, man, no nonsense. You sit there and don't move. I found your dog. Now, how about my 5,000 bucks? No, that's not our dog. Ours was a talking dog. Do you know the end of the scene, by the way? It's my favorite no. line ever. Okay, here it is. Uh, it's the talking dog. Uh, via, that's silly. If he could talk, I'd keep him myself. Well, fat boy, you got yourself a dog. Oh, it's a classic, all right. <laughs> yeah. I probably use that line all the time. Since I've been talking about maybe getting a dog, that's all I can think about is my dog's going to start talking. Me like, well, fat boy, it's you and me. But uh, that's Mel Blanc mm-hmm. doing all of those voices. And yet the most sought-after voice in Hollywood is the guy that does one, one voice, voice yep. which is himself talking. Yeah. And you Warburg's, said to me yeah. when I said, oh, have you ever used H. Sean Benjamin? Like, I wish... Yeah. Well, how? Why? You're well, you use so many different people that do different voices. We actually used him too. I'm I think sure you've been. Thanks to my suggestion. That. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah, we used your name, Dave. <laughs> and then once we decided to use a different name, he called us back. <laughs> I bet. Uh, no, he he's well. Here's why. He's the same thing with uh, Patrick Warburton, who only really does one voice. That's true. You know, and he does a lot um, of work. Yeah, and he does a ton of work. Uh, they they've only do one thing, but they do it really, really well. I, I am and in th- complete you, agreement. Yeah, that John Benjamin is good in everything he does, just like Patrick Warburton is. Yeah. Warburton, SpongeBob or give... Family Guy, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, but the fact is, all I can think about is Mel Blanc spinning around in his grave. Guy does a thousand voices. Yeah, but if he gotta... came back, he'd be like, "This is is this really happening?" You know, like the, the only reason you know H. John Benjamin is because. He does well. A, he does a lot of work, and B, he really does the same voice on everything. But he's he's freaking awesome. The reason you don't know the actual Mel Blanc guys as much is because they disappear into their voices. But there's a handful yeah. of dudes, um, Kevin Michael Richardson. Uh, the, it just popped into my head, um, and a lot of the guys who work on The Simpsons and stuff. Those guys can do a myriad of, yeah, like, uh, of voices. Hank, Hank Azaria and stuff like Hank that. Hank Azaria's right? can do a ton. I'm trying to think. Jeff Bennett was the name I was just looking for. Jeff Bennett, who I've worked with a lot. Who's a, these are predominantly people who work in children's animation. These guys can do anything. I mean, anything. And well, Gray Delisle, who's a woman, but she also can do anything. A woman? Um, <laughs> believe it or not. No, no, yeah. no. Uh, no, no. You know, there. No. I know. I know it's hard to believe, but there's a few. <laughs> There's a few of them. Um, but yeah, these you don't know them as well because literally you've heard their voices a billion times. Right, right. But you didn't recognize, but you know every time H. John Benjamin speaks, you know his voice instantly. You're so you're like, right. who the hell is that guy? I've heard In him fact, before. On Family Guy the other day, they had a bunch of people doing stand-up comedy before Brian got up to do stand-up. And they had the character that he plays in the Family Guy, which is the the, the clerk. And then he Who's goes, oh, here's uh, the guy from Bob's Burgers. And he just did the same voice. You yeah. know, they were just making fun of that. And it's just so funny. But uh, the reason I bring it up, so just really quick, that um, we had this show called Giving Harry the Business. And this time, John Benjamin was going to be the lead and Jonathan Katz was going to be the co-lead. Like they were father and son in Dr. Katz. And it was a Steven Spielberg, Jeffrey Katzenberg production. And I got a call one day in the 90s saying, hey, we're just going to a meeting with Steven Spielberg and Jeffrey Katzenberg. We just want to make sure you would like to be in this project. 
That's what they said to me. And I'm like, is this some sort of joke? How are these Polish girls? What's going on here? But um, they, uh, it's from Arthur. Uh, and they, um, I, I, this is what I do. That's a deep, yeah. Uh, yeah, a no, deep, nobody would. Well, one. my listeners know. Okay, they know. Sorry. They know all the references. Yeah. Just like before when I was going, no, no, no. That's from the Blues Brothers. Why would I say it like that? They're like, you guys owe me a lot of money for those beers. And he's like, but we thought it was on the house because we were musicians. No. Yeah. No, 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 an, nobody an open, would know that, but my listeners vessel. know. They, they, the three listeners know this. Anyway, so they said so they're going to a meeting, so I'm like, of course I'd like to be involved. So we do the show, and we make a, a package, and we're so positive. It's, it's going to be on ABC on, like, Thursday nights. Uh, they're going to do, like, I, I don't know, Capital Critters, and then this Giving Harry the Business. Like, it, it, it's, it's a miracle for me. And um, and Benjamin at the time, everybody, we're all excited. We're going to be on ABC. And we even did extra episodes. And every week I was going to play Jeff Juskow because Dave Cross was going to be Dave. And I was going to pitch my one-man show idea. So in the first one I pitched my one-man show of, uh, I think it was Elvis Costello. I, I don't know. And the next one, we were just doing spec ones where I do my one-man show of Gene Hackman. <laughs> and all I do is just do... <laughs> movies that he made i'm like you might remember me in the package or uh the firm ladies and gentlemen i'm gene hackman it was that that was it <laughs> and um and anyway i'm not sure why they didn't buy it but um I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure i just proved it but uh no so they so abc said uh we we love the show and we'd like to do 12 episodes and spielberg said either 22 or we walk and 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 then they walked and and then yeah they, really yeah Wow. I couldn't believe it. And to this day, Tom Snyder still hates Spielberg because they won't give him the rights back. He's been like, well, can I have it? I'll do the 12 episodes. Oh, so they'd already bought it, and then they were going in for a meeting about it. I'm not sure how it worked. All I know is that they've been in a feud for years, and he won't give it back. So it was a bummer and a half. I could have changed my whole career around, you know? Well, do you know – it happens a lot. Do you know a dude named Greg Weissman? Do you know who he is? Created a show called Gargoyles. A Jewish fella? <laughs> yeah, I believe he is Jewish. Uh, no, I, I, so, no, wait, sorry Gar- to bring him up. Is, is that the one that Rachel um, Butera said she was on yesterday? Who'd you, you know interview? Her? Who'd you interview? Tara? Rachel Butera. She was Rachel on Butera. the Howard Stern show, and she does a... I could have sworn she said she was in a Gargoyle. Yeah, oh, well, it, possibly. It was a while ago. The only reason I bring it up is because when I first went to work for DreamWorks, this is many years ago, but... I'm talking to the mic. Um, Sorry. When I first went to work over there, I used to walk by this guy in his office who would come in around nine, read the paper for three hours, and then leave. Every you're single talk, you're day. You're not talking about me. You're talking about a different guy. I'm talking about a different person, gotcha, gotcha. yeah. I know that's what, I show predominantly what you do at the law firm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and I didn't know who he was. And then I found out later, oh, no, that's, that's Greg Weissman. Yeah, he had made a deal with them at DreamWorks. They didn't like it, though. The project that he came in with, they didn't, ultimately didn't like it. But they didn't, wouldn't let him out of his deal, and he still had a year to go. For, so basically for a year, he would come in at 9 every day, read the paper for about two or three hours, and then leave. You That's know? brilliant. And uh, well, back but then – But a bummer, though, if you want well, to Well, it happened the project, to a bunch right? of people. He wasn't the only guy. Basically, you, there was a two-step process. When they stopped – when basically your project was dead, but you were still under your contract or whatever, you either had that option or they would move you to the Black Tower in front of Universal, to one of the upper floors. And, I don't know what that um, is. Like there's another executive – there's another story. There was an executive at DreamWorks and I, I can't say his name but everybody hated him. And so eventually they got rid of him. But in order for to pay out his contract, they moved him to the Black Tower. And about every two months, the executives would have to take a meeting with him while he would pitch them ideas that they knew they weren't going to buy wow. but they just had to do it anyway. And what was his name again? 
No, I know. You, I, I was trying to trick him. I was trying to. He was, it almost worked. It almost he was worked. Very hated. Wouldn't that be cool? I don't think he's I around. He might be dead now. I have no idea. But yeah. Now, I you were kind enough. I mean, this just made my life in so many ways to um, put me on this show, which I couldn't even believe to this day that it still happened. Hey, hold it right there. I'm Harry Schnitzel Boyson, the executive producer of this show. I've been watching the whole thing from my jacuzzi. I'm blown away. Not only is your reality show going to be a surefire hit, but I found your pathetic tale of lost dreams inspiring. It's going to make a great movie. A movie? About me? Really? Gee, you know, none of this would have happened without you meddling kids. Thanks. All right, let's go. Bye, everyone. See you on the big screen in 10 to 20 years. Well... All's well that ends well. Mr. Ghoul, can I ask you a favor? Well, that's the first time Daphne's eaten more than us, huh, Scoob? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've been thinking. How about a TV show based around you kids' lives? You know, teenagers. They drive around in a van, build traps and solve mysteries, chase monsters and whatnots like that. Oh, it'd be a huge hit. We'd call it Spooky Kids with a Dog. Yeah. yeah. I guess you're right. Bad idea. Who the heck would watch that? Who? Did someone say dessert? <laughs> I let that go because... My favorite part about being in that show was to be at the end where they're all laughing. Mm -hmm. For some reason, thinking about watching Saturday morning cartoons when I was a kid and everything, that was like the best part. Like, oh, I'm at the end scene where everybody's just laughing and having a good time. I couldn't even believe it. Mm -hmm. And yep. you were the, the, the showrunner of that show, right? I was, or the yeah. executive producer. I don't, it was a showrunner. Am I being disrespectful in any way when I say that? I, no. You're right. not being you were in charge in any way, shape, or form. And yes. the person I wanted to talk about is—is it, is it Frank Welker? Frank is that Welker. His? Oh my God! This is the guy. This is what is he seventy? Uh, probably. Or? He's been doing it. He's been doing the voice of Scooby since he was, I think. Oh no, Fred. I'm sorry. Since he was seventeen, <laughs> and then I think and Dawes Butler, I think, did the original version of Scooby. I think I might get that wrong. But anyways, when the guy who did Scooby passed away, then Frank took that over as well. It, it, folks, it is a fascinating process to watch this guy in action. Now, he did not invent the Scooby voice, but he pretty much all we know is, is probably from him because he did it really early on, right? Yeah, I mean, he, yeah well, he's done really – I mean, he's done a lot of – So everything I grew up in in the 70s – yeah. No, no, I know. I looked, If you look up this guy's IMDb page, it's, it's he's like – uh, I looked it up, and he's like Harry Potter as the wind. Yeah. You know, it's like this is the guy they really? call. But yeah. watching him work, watching him do Scooby, you know, and every time everybody's laughing. And they've seen it a hundred times. Everybody is. And I was fortunate enough to be with the whole, you know, you do it with the whole cast right. together. And, but then watching him do Fred and playing a 17-year-old teenager as a 70-year-old man, I'm like, this guy is a miracle of existence. Yeah. And then I was like... Fuck John Benjamin, you know, what I mean? and, and John's a well, friend of mine. I like him, but I'm like, this is this is what 
There's a lot of stuff you and H. John Benjamin need to work out. That's pretty clear. <laughs> no, no, it's of, just like when you see a guy being able to do that at the exact same time and just doing the yeah. voices like we've heard Mel Blanc used to do at the same time switching from voice to voice. It's a real miracle. I mean, it's a, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, he was the shit. He's still alive, right, and everything? He's still alive, still working. I mean, I saw Frank. He came and did – he did something for me on this, the new show that I've been doing and – He's still, they're still doing Scooby Doo. I mean, they're still. Oh, they are. Since but not that, the mystery. Uh, not the one I did. No, right. since we did that one, there's been one new iteration, and they're working on another one right now. Yeah, and they what's just, the they new re- show you're working on now? Well, it was. I know the King, uh, King Julian. King Julian. That one's done, and now I'm doing. Um, I guess I can talk about it. Now I'm doing a, a new ver- uh, version of Kung Fu Panda. Oh, really? Yeah, a series. A series, yeah. Because they had three movies, or was it There's two movies? There's been three movies, and then the, there was a comedy series, too. Oh, that's what I thought point. there was yeah, a series. Yeah, so... This is different. This is a little different, though. This is more of a... Um, when you did... Uh, more they, like the I movies. I know when you were doing this one. This is Jillian. Right. We don't usually play that kind of music on my I understand. show. It's no, a completely. little bit more urban for my taste. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, yeah. mm-hmm. I saw Gene was very much enjoying it. I, <laughs> so you're welcome. Um, <laughs> no, but you did that for like three seasons or more we than that? We did or? 78 episodes. So... Technically six seasons, but yeah. Also based on a movie, one of the characters from the Madagascar movies. Madagascar yeah. movies. Right. I, you know, I get. That's I how mean, things are done these days. These yeah, right. So you just no, take characters. God forbid it was original. Right, right. Yeah, right. it's. Uh, yeah, that's just that's a lot of how things are done this now because basically that means that the studio owns the IP, which means guys like me get no back end. Well, that was my next. It's like you worked on that show. I don't know whether that was like a you know something you wanted, but you got a wife and kids, mm-hmm. you got to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, my friend Mitch here was working after he did Scooby Doo. He worked on Batman. Mm-hmm. Now the Batman anime, the original Batman animated series, kind of changed everything, yes. right? Because yeah. it was and I, my that was one of the things my father and I used to bond on. Like, and we didn't bond on anything. Everybody loved it. We loved it. And mm-hmm. I was talking. I was in my I guess my thirties when it came out. And it was so good. And that's Kevin Conroy, right? That was Kevin Conroy, right? Yeah. yeah now and, you uh, didn't Bruce Tim. I had nothing to do with it. I was no, no, still no, in I school. No, no, I know, I know, no. Yeah. But but that changed everything and just brought up this entire new yeah. generation of of not just animation, but certainly uh, DC it animation. Cha- yeah, it and, changed it because it took everything in, in, a, in a bit more of a serious tone. So where it was one of the first sort of cartoons on tv the features had sort of done it for a while but it was one of the first ones on tv who kind of said okay we want this we're you know it's for kids but we want adults to watch this thing too so we're gonna we're gonna put in more dramatic storylines we're gonna give character arcs that's something really and it worked but still nobody died like i I I remember nobody died people go off in a car and you'd make sure that they got out like so so they were still working now i think they go we for it all yeah we've we've killed well you did before, on yeah. your show because yours was much darker you did beware of the batman yeah and yours we was killed, like really dark we killed several people yeah right well, <laughs> we killed virtually every show i've ever worked on well, I think the body count on julian i think was eight no eight you're joking nine. that no one. i'm not what? kidding 
They would show up periodically. I thought that was a little kid. That's on Disney. Like we killed people on on Mystery Incorporated on Scooby Doo too. We killed we killed Linda Cardinelli, who was playing a character named Hot Dog Water, who ends up being Velma's pseudo love interest. What? Wait, um, Velma is a lesbian in this? Well, if you, yeah, we we never outright say it, oh. but we that whole series was essentially playing with a lot of the you know the urban the, the universe that had been created, right, 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 predominantly online for these characters. Oh, we funny. would read all of that stuff and we would play around with all the preconceived notions. One of which being that Velma was always intended <laughs> to be gay. Of course, we weren't allowed to ever say that, but you know, if you watch the whole series from start to finish. Her, it's pretty much about a girl struggling with her sexuality, and then she figures it out by the end. That's even though we never say that. But uh, but that, anyways, but Linda Carnelli plays her pseudo, you know, best friend on the show, her sort of peppermint patty <laughs> character. And uh, but then we killed her. She gets killed by Nazi robots. What? Like what do we do? Oh yeah, it's off screen. But she does, yeah. She is. Oh, I don't know why I didn't know. I definitely watched whatever season I was in. I watched the whole season. You were, and then, of course, the if I'm not in it, season. then I don't watch it. Yeah, that, that you makes, can't. But nobody can blame me for that. That makes sense, Dave. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it does. Um, you know, I mean, that's what I did. I remember, uh, you know, I was on Sarah's show a couple times, but the the one I had the big part on was the third season. I was in the third episode, so I watched the first episode, the second episode, third episode. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch the whole season. And then after mine, I'm like, eh. exactly. Yeah, and yeah. then all of a sudden, the ratings felt. Through like they, they just fell. I noticed that. Yeah, right after my episode. Yeah, I mean that's but I you're kind of that way with shows. I know. <laughs> like you know, it's either all or nothing. Typhoid Mary. Yeah, every show I've ever been on has been canceled next week. I uh, I don't know. I feel, but you should really have me on again. But you know, uh, where we talk about beware the Batman, like this is like you know how serious it is because like this is the theme song. It's a little more serious. I, know, I do too. I'm trying to remember the name of the band that did that. Well, that's what um, I was going to play after because I, I, you know, some of these theme songs that they've come up with for this. Now, I loved the Batman animated series, like really, really good. And then, um, you know, I even like, um, you know, something I'm surprised they actually haven't made the movie of Batman Beyond. They tried. Oh, they did. Not. My understanding that was is, really popular. I think and it was they really tried. I think yeah, Alan. I think with Alan, a guy named Alan Burnett who did a lot of those, and, and a guy named Paul Dini. Who was one of the who created um, uh, Harley Quinn and oh that really stuff. yeah I mean there's there's a little thing I don't know the exact story but yeah they created Harley Quinn for Batman the uh, the animated series and they took her from the the television show she's the only character I think really they've ever done this with and then oh. she they put her in the comic books and she became incredibly popular but here's a little thing if you create if they had created in the comic books and then it went on the television show they would have gotten royalties for it. But because they created on the television show, and then it went to the comic books, they got no royalties for it. Oh, that's um, so weird. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, that's a weird little thing. In- but how does that work? Warner Brothers, um, if you have the, the Bugs Bunny and Warner Brothers and all that stuff is part of Disney, right, isn't it? No. Or- Oh, no, no Warner Brothers thought, is uh, DC Comics and... Oh, right, because well, I was going to say, how could DC, because Marvel is part of Disney. Marvel's so, part right, of Disney. That's why I was thinking that, but... I thought I guess I thought Bugs Bunny was part of it too now or so I think they just brought up no, everything that's, that's why yeah, I Yeah no that's uh they have the Muppets and they have uh Warner is Warner is the Muppets No 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 that's Disney, that's Disney now yeah. yeah they bought that and they bought Marvel and it's uh it's a, you know you don't even know what's left There isn't but anything DC left. was 
DC had the animation and Marvel had the movies. And I know DC keeps trying. They kind of did good with Wonder Woman. That's about the it. The Batman though. ones, but yeah, maybe. But and the, yeah, yeah. It's a couple of the Nolan. It's Batman funny that movies. they just yeah the Nolan Batman ones, right? But uh, I mean, we had the original version of Beware the Batman that we pitched was bat- It was based on the comic book series Doomsday, which is about this apocalypse. Yeah, I remember that was the only one that killed, that killed Superman, right? Uh, Doomsday was the one that killed Superman. Was it? I yeah. remember because we Superman was in it. Um, I remember reading the comic books. Yeah, because we. We pitched that was our original version that we had pitched, um, and it was it was too dark for them. And we did have Batman, Superman in, and we didn't know at the time they were planning a Batman Superman get together. And the Nolans killed that show, actually, oh. because and we didn't know why they wouldn't tell us. But uh, then we found out two years later when the movie came out. But because I remember when. Um there was one of the bat- the episodes it was Batman Superman together, and that was always my favorite comic as a kid, The World's Finest. In fact, I think the episode was called World's Finest. And it was great because um, Batman was dating Lois Lane, <laughs> and it was, like, so cool because they just didn't do that kind of stuff on TV. It was never, oh, well, well, here- like you said, made for adults in a sense. We're like, oh, my God, that would be so cool. What if Batman started dating Lois Lane? And he's going to Clark Kent. He's like, are you cool with this? And, I, you know, my dad and I were, like, so happy, you know, yeah. with that stuff. And Well, we had a version. When they killed our Doomsday version, the next we, – we found out what they were looking for. This is Cartoon Network. And so we did our – we referred to it as uh, our Batman version of Gossip Girl. So it was <laughs> – I'm not kidding. It was Bruce Wayne and um, Clark Kent. Clark Kent comes to the city as a young cub reporter investigating this guy who's Batman who's going around looking for him. And he ends up in jail. They get into a bar fight and he ends up in jail with Bruce Wayne. And then he ends up renting a room. And so they all live in the same – they live in uh, they live in the same high-raise. Uh, Bruce uh, – Bruce Wayne's high rise in his penthouse apartment, and Wonder Woman also lives in the same. Oh my god! Thing. It was all three of them. Oh, that would have been unbelievable. Or is that just shit. me that would have liked that? I guess me and you. I'm sure they Cartoon Network. <laughs> I would have yeah. been. I know Gossip yeah, Girl is like my. Never, I've seen every episode. That I'm not going to spoil alert who it is. By the yeah. way, <laughs> do you know who Gossip Girl actually turned out to be? Yeah, it turned out to be the guy. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. yeah, it was a dude. It was what's his name? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. The brilliance about that show, and they do it on every CW show now, is that you know you you figure it out. You only right watch away. it, by the way, for the young girls, didn't you? Duh. Have, is your are your listeners aware of your weird fetishizing <laughs> yeah, they, they, of? Uh, um, okay, Mitch. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, we were, my favorite show is Dog with a Blog. Yes, and exactly. I started yeah. watching it. Yes, because I love talking animals, but. Um, the girl on it. Like, well, have you ever? Yeah, you should. She handles because she um, tweeted me once. I was like so excited. Like, you, and, but, and then my sister's like, "Well, just be careful." You know, she's like fifteen. You know, be. someday if I ever get to go again to the uh, the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards, you, no, I, I would can't. bring I'm you, not, but I'm I would have you. Already. You would have to be like chained or pulled back <laughs> because the girls on those shows dress up. I you know, know like little little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no other really way to put it. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. It's like, like, so you know, like and then little... they wonder why there's guys like Anthony Weiner out there. He's like, "Well, what am I supposed to do?" Yeah, you know? <laughs> but you, yeah, you have mm-hmm. to be. You have to try and be cool. Yeah. Well, that's the I'm thing. That's of the that, thing. But I don't okay. Think you so yes, I I will say, and you have daughters <laughs> and stuff, but I will say, you know, I'm like, oh, that girl's gonna be hot when she grows up. So that's what I say. But also, you know, I also know because I'm a normal person, semi-normal. <laughs> uh, you know. Not to do that, let alone I couldn't see myself 
sexting a 50 you know once i find out she's 50 you know that's why this guy's out of his mind and to throw this just happened you know i don't know when this is gonna air but i'm just saying like anthony winter is going to jail like tomorrow or something yeah yeah, yeah. and it's just like i mean this guy he had it he could have been the next mayor of new york in a landslide no you've always been smart enough to masturbate in private exactly yeah Yeah, but well that's true i've never gotten caught um I caught a tell once, though, in a uh, Atlantic City hotel room. And I'm like, are you masturbating? He's like, just get out. <laughs> <laughs> but he masturbated everywhere. So that wasn't even fair. <laughs> but um, no, it was, it's funny. Uh, just uh, one thing about Batman Beyond. It was like the great, if you don't know it, and I, I think a lot of my listeners do, but if you don't know it, Batman Beyond was this great thing. I can't believe they haven't made a movie or a TV series about it where Batman is 70 and he just gets a disciple to fight his battles. And I guess his... The, with, uh, him and Barbara Gordon have a kid together. Is that what it is? Was it she, the Oracle? I'm to remember, the one I've seen. Which no, doesn't the, he meet the kid? You're talking about the kid, Terry becomes, McGillis. Yeah, who becomes? No, no, that's not his kid. son. But no, it's, it's not like, his son. But he's but him and I thought Barbara Gordon were married at one. No, maybe not married, but they have a kid. Don't they have a kid together? I don't or remember. But there was a. There's a. She's the Oracle, right? Or. Barbara she Gordon becomes, becomes Oracle right. after she's been paralyzed. Yeah. Right, right, right. But I know she was involved too. But it was, and that was Kevin Conroy too, right? He was playing the a older. A lot of them were Kevin Conroy. Yeah, we got a lot of crap for not casting not, Kevin Conroy. I, I gave you crap for that. I did couldn't you? understand what was the reasoning. Okay. Why did he not want to do it? Kevin Conroy's like seven. He's oh, in, he is. <laughs> we we were our Batman. Think these guys are ageless when they yeah, do voices. Some of them are, but our dude was like. 24 are Batman. He was like, he was two or three years into being Batman. So we needed somebody who sounded that young. And Kevin Conroy sounds like a man. He sounds like an elderly, an older man. Uh, not to me. You know, to me, well, he's just always Dave. like, Robin, yes. I have an idea. Yeah. You know, like, right. He just sounds so cool. He was a perfect Batman, obviously. And that's why the show works so well, too. But it's funny um, when yes, somebody's that old. got a lot old, of crap for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I was right on board with that, too. In fact, I think I called you. I'm like, what the hell is going on? You You're not using Conroy. You were probably one of the, yeah, one of the millions. You're welcome. And then um, it, it's funny about the age thing. Um, I've said it on the podcast. I'm friends with this guy, Larry Moss, and he's uh, this legendary acting teacher here that Beth probably, is, you know, your wife has heard of, but no one else has, you know. But mm-hmm. I, you know, and, but in the acting community, he is the guru master of acting. Um, and I've told this story a hundred times, like, when Sarah hosted Saturday Night Live, um, I got real drunk at the after party, and she was talking to Martin Short, and I pushed oh, her aside, and I was just like crying, I love you, <laughs> and you know, because Martin Short to me makes me cry because he's my hero. So I bring Larry Moss to go see Sarah's old roommate and Beth's old uh, friend Mia Barron, and uh, she starts to cry, you know, like, and I'm trying to explain to people, I'm like, no, you don't understand. That's how big this guy is in this particular mm-hmm. world. So when I went to see Groundhog Day, we went to get, we always go to see like the, the hot new musical together. And I'm like praying somebody I know is going to see me with him. Just like as if I was with like George Clooney or something like that. I'm like, oh, how do you know George Clooney? Hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. So I, you know, like I, I walk around the audience, see if anybody's around. Yeah, no, no who are you here with? Oh, I'm here with uh, Larry Must. Oh, you don't know him? You know, so I'm like really excited. Anyway, uh, the, the main part of the story was that we were out to dinner um, uh, like a couple months ago. And I'm like, uh, I go to my friend Vincent. You know Vincent uh, from Caliban, and uh, now he works at the Bowery? No? Uh, okay. I thought maybe you did. Mm, no. um, from our earlier days. Is it from your early days with Sarah and Beth and right, everybody right. back then? Yes. So, because uh, Mitch is married to uh, one of my very dear friends from <clears throat> many years, you know, that, that used to room with Sarah Silverman. Um, so he's out, 
and we're, we're at dinner, and he goes, hey, we're going to go out to dinner first, and then we're going to go to the show. So we'll meet us at 6 o'clock. I'm like, what are you talking about? We always go out to dinner after the show. I mean, we always do that. So then we can talk about the show. We go to Joe Allen's. It's a tradition. He goes, well, Larry wants to go early. And I'm like, why? I don't understand. What's going on? Why are we changing the plan? He goes, Dave, he's 75 years old. I'm like, oh, I didn't really. Like, I thought he was in his 50s. <laughs> it's like my favorite thing when you find out somebody's like that old. <laughs> like, Dave, he's 75 years old. There was a... An old absolutely fabulous that I remember, like where um, Patsy's like sister came and she's like, "Hey, are we going out tonight? Are we going to party?" And she's like, "Worse than Patsy." If you ever see this show, and they're like, um, "It's like, aren't we going out to party?" We're like Mick and you know everybody, and she's like, "Honey, I'm 75 years old. <laughs> I, I don't know why. That's just like the funniest thing when you have no idea that somebody is 75 is old." Yeah, you know, like you always yeah. wanted. The older we get, we always want to say somebody's not that old anymore. Although I, I work, we've been working with on Panda. We're working with, um, oh my god, well, I can't remember his name. He played David Lopan in Big Trouble in Little China. You've you've known the Asian actor, the, the, the Asian actor. Oh, that guy's um, in everything, wasn't he? And also the Golden Child, yes, and Golden like Child. That, right? You name it. I can't remember. His in fact, name. I think he was at the restaurant we were at today, right, Vanessa? Yeah, he definitely was. Uh, his whole God, I can't believe I can't remember his name. But um, anyways. That dude's like eighty. Right, he must be really old. He eight. was in every. He plays every Asian character in the eighties. He's eighty-eight years old. Victor Wong. No, not Victor Wong. Um, if you just look at, I always James remember Hong? James Hong. Yeah. Oh, Mister Burton. Yeah, yes. right, right. <laughs> oh, the girl with the green eyes. Um, anyways, yeah, yeah right. James Hong. Everybody knows that guy. Like, he's like you just 80, know him. eighty-eight years old. I think. I feel guy. like he was also in the Big yeah, Bang yeah. Theory when they went to the Chinese restaurant. Like he's always working. No, that dude constantly working, and he always. He's a teacher too, and he has a habit. He brings in his young students all the time. Like so. what kind of teacher? Like an acting teacher? He's an acting teacher, yeah. For yeah. like Asian Americans, or uh, are they being racist? Or uh, yes, well, because no, he's I, Asian, he can only teach Asian actors. That's, that's the way right. it should be, right? Am I right, people? Yeah. No, uh, we make sure we make sure. Larry only teaches line. white people, so I get it. Um, but no, he's he, he teaches. <laughs> but that dude's got. I mean, he is David Lopin from Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, that he's immortal. It's crazy how spry he is, and he's really funny, and he's 88 years old. That's wow. old, man. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, that, we no with, that's really old. Like, we, for, for give you an example, I don't know how old Casey Kasem was when he passed away. He was in, but, he could have been close to 90. Okay, so he, he was, but he was around, but he's around that same age, and we work with him towards the end on, on Scooby-Doo. He was and, still doing the voice of Shaggy? No, he was doing Shaggy's father. Oh, so, hilarious. But he, would, but he invented the voice of Shaggy, he right? He invented Casey the voice Kasem. of Shaggy. Amazing. So he came in, um, and this is toward the end of his life. Hey, Scoop! Yeah, and he's a very nice man. There were, but there were two things. One is he'd had, I'm pretty sure he'd had a facelift. So his face looked the same. Wow. But his body was just, oh, you know, so a couple of streets behind. And he would sit on the couch between takes waiting, and we had to have a PA watching him because he would fall asleep. Of course. And then spill hot coffee on himself. I do that too. I just yeah. did that earlier. <laughs> um, so, um. but he was, I mean, he at that time, he couldn't do more than a couple of lines, you know. Right. And um, you heard what happened to him? And we could work like- James Hong forever. You heard what happened to Casey Kasem? Like he was when just, they took his body and stuff like, like his that. His wife like wouldn't give up yeah, the body so or whatever. Nice. It was like yeah, really it wasn't weird. Pleasant. Whatever happened? Do you know the ending of that story? Is he now buried? They don't the, know. They don't know where he is. Isn't that messed up? I no, think I she, think they do know. where She he brought is, him to actually. another country or something, right? Something like that. Was yeah. she trying to keep him away from the kids or something? Mm-hmm. It's a horrible story, or is it a good story that the kids were evil? You don't know the. 
or do you know the inside story? Was she keeping no. away from the kids because the kids were mean, or was she mean and keeping away from the kids and the kids were trying to do the right thing? Do you know the story? I have no idea. I have no idea if there was something about his body that was worth a lot of money, like his arms or something like that. If he had well, why something would she even need more money? I mean, she must be, Jean Case must be have enough money that she wouldn't need to. I think they were contesting it. Yeah, I think whoever had the most parts of his body actually won. <laughs> I, I don't I like know, to, to be honest with you, why she stole his body. She did take it, though. Yeah. I believe she no, took it and hit it. It's a fascinating story. Did yeah. you guys know that? That he, his, yeah. Casey Kasem's body was stolen? The no, guy, I have <laughs> yeah. Isn't that weird? It's like a very odd, a very odd thing that you don't normally hear, which I thought my Aunt Rita was going to do to my Uncle C, the one that left us out of his will. Um, I thought she was really going to do so, but then she died too, so we didn't have to worry. Oh, you, you didn't know? You didn't hear? No, I didn't hear. Oh, it's a classic story. I did, story. Uh, an hour, like I, I did a three-hour podcast on how much I hate my uncle and how it burns in hell. <laughs> and um, because well, well, he burns in hell because he, uh, he converted to from what? Judaism to Catholicism. So, oh, yeah. Well, it's like Which, Beth's mom did the same thing. Oh, Beth's, Beth's oh, mom. Beth's mom. I'm thinking about Beth's. Conti dad. Sorry. No, not the dad. <laughs> no, I think he's still, what a he's still Jew. There's another story for you. That's, see, see, Beth's dad and my my mother's brother have the same scenario where they have this horrible woman that has ruined them. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because when I met Beth's stepmother, she reminded me of my Aunt Rita, who my listeners know as just a major twat. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I, I remember thinking, like, I was just like, yeah. oh, my God, she reminded me. But, but it seemed like Beth's father was okay, like he hadn't changed. But I am mistaken mm-hmm. now that I know. And yeah. I don't know whether you want to get into the details because I love talking about it. And I think I've talked about it on the podcast because I'm fascinated. About Beth's dad? Yes, that a man really? could be such a, a, a ultimate pussy just the worst yeah. kind of person that doesn't want to see his grandkids. This, I, 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 you know, it's like you want to do the psychological profile. Where could that, po- what kind of woman, what is she, what does her vagina do that is so unbelievable that she, <laughs> you are not seeing any grandkids. I'm not, because that's the way my Aunt Rita used I'm to talk. So she wasn't gonna, black, but I'm doing Beth a, is a, so not allowed to listen a Kentucky to this. thing. Uh, yeah, well, she knows. I mean, this is just so she bad knows, news. She, and she'll be like, don't talk about that stuff. And I can't help it. It makes me so angry. It's just you just want to punch him in the face. And I know things have uh, – there's been some development, but it's just like th- this is the same woman that exactly my mother's brother did to her. And she, and she you know, pussy whipped him. And my mother wasn't allowed to talk to her brother on the phone without her on the other line. Uh, I don't know what she thought we were going to talk about. And she just – Cunted it up, and then when he – think about this. When he died, like we went down to Louisville to see if he was okay. I went down with my mother. I didn't care at all. I didn't, if he passed away, I couldn't even give a shit. And then I was a pole bearer at his funeral. And, I, and then we found out we were cut out of the will, which we didn't even know we had a will. We don't care. But the thing reads, we don't consider David, Juskow, and Beth Casper our nieces and nephew. Like that, You don't need to see it in print. We weren't looking to get any money from him. We didn't even know we had any money. Turns out he had money. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, whatever. So – so I was going to desecrate his grave, you know, like and really like, uh, you know, like I, you know, I'm trying to bomb this lady's house with eggs that I hate on yeah. October 8th. By the way, I got a good desecrating grave story. Oh, good, good, yeah, good. good. So, so I'm glad I want, we're on wait, this topic. So I wanted to do this and then I wanted – what did you say? I said I'm glad we're on this topic oh, good, of good, desecrating good. graves. So I was going to, you know, we'd make a duty or something on it and I'd kick it over. But um, this guy, he's buried in Fort Knox. Like literally buried in uh-huh. Fort Knox? Yeah, that's where I was. You can't really bury somebody in Fort he Knox. He is buried in Fort Knox because he did some army service. And it, um, let me, let's just say there's only one thing you can say. He played this one perfectly. 
I, that's the one place I cannot break into unless we do a Just Gals 11. And uh, like, we're breaking into Fort Knox. Oh, yeah, for the gold? For the gold. No. <laughs> uh, I, I just, just want to piss on my uncle's grave. Just on the grave. <laughs> Come on, you guys are up for that, though, Ryan. I mean, yeah. uh, what's your desecrating grave gravestone? Well, it was, um, <clears throat> it's sort of, it's similar, a little bit. You know how, like, in, most of my family is Jewish. Um, <laughs> oh, you're for real. Yeah, I figured that was why you were playing that opening clip. <laughs> oh, um, actually, it was not. Oh, okay. I, no, that was more, I was playing the only, the Annie Hall opening clip because when I'm in California, I cannot not think about Anything. not Andy Hall. I, in fact, I opened the thing yesterday. Max, come to California. We'll play out Kenneth Outdoors every day. Mm-hmm. Um, twins, Max. Can you, imagine? you know, that <laughs> line is so 16-year-olds, yeah. Max. Yes. I was having sex with both of them. You know, it's like, it's funny, like now. And we're, and we're all in the theater in 1977. <laughs> and now you watch it and you're like, what the fuck is that all about? Mm-hmm. And then you're like getting insight. It's like, oh, Woody Allen. Ooh. You're right, right. It's like, uh, oh, there's insight now. And I'm saying this because this is what I do. So, right. Anyway, uh, go on. Uh, okay, I'll try to tell this as quickly as possible. No, um, take your time. What do I care? Years what ago, when my uncle died, uh, you know, uh, you know how the thing in the in the Jewish faith, they a year after they die, they do a headstone dedication. Yes, right. Yes, they do. So um, we were all going out to the headstone dedication, and my mother and my um, my uncle's wife, my aunt, never got along ever. And in the interim, my uncle, by the way, died of cancer. My mother was convinced that my aunt oh had my. killed him somehow. Placed it into Placed his it somehow had given him melanoma cancer. Wow. Um, and she tried to convince his friends. So by the time basically the thing had rolled around, nobody was really speaking to us at that point. And so we drove out there with my, my sister, my mother, my grandmother, who was already knee-deep in dementia at that time. And uh, in my brother-in-law's brand new car, which he had gotten, which he the, basically the only thing was just please don't spill anything or get anything in my car. So we're out there, we go out there, we're at the gravesite, and um, we're all in a circle. And for whatever reason, I'm given my grandmother to guard, who she's sitting in a folding chair. And my aunt starts the eulogy after my uh, cousin's autistic daughter was like writhing on the stone, this and they all over they the pulled place. her away. It's crazy, <laughs> but anyway, she starts to go into it, and she's giving a very nice eulogy for her dead husband. And she gets to the point where she goes, "And I just want you to know, Larry, that I will always love you." At which point, my grandmother yells, "Did you? Did you really?" <laughs> oh. So everybody just turns, stops, That's my looks. Favorite kind of stuff. Yeah, turns, stops, <laughs> looks, and like can't believe this. And we're like, "Grandma, shut up! Stop it! Stop it!" She goes, "Don't tell me what to do. I can say whatever I want." Meanwhile, my aunt is just going, I'm going to barrel forward. She just keeps talking. My grandmother, not to be outdone, then proceeds to fall over in her chair. And now she's on the grass. So now we're, we're down there. We're trying to get her up. We're, Grandma, get up, get up. She goes, no, just let me die. I want to be with my son. Oh. This is happening graveside, right? We look down. We see that her leg is bleeding. She's cut her leg on the chair. And so we were like, does anybody have a Band-Aid? Nobody has a Band-Aid. But this woman does offer up her child's diaper. So we undiaper the child, put it on my grandmother's leg. We're trying to get my grandmother. She won't move. She wants to die here and be with my uncle. We finally get her up. My brother-in-law has to drive the car over the headstones to get to her because we can't actually get her up. We get her in the car. Okay. Now she's bleeding all over the back of my brother-in-law's car, which he didn't want touched. (laughs) And it's my grandmother, my mother, and my sister who now all start fighting amongst each other. My sister's mad at my mom for getting mad at my grandmother. My grandmother is angry at my mother because of what she has done towards my aunt. Blah, 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 back and forth. The cacophony keeps going until finally my grandmother goes... Oh Christ! I just shit myself, and she, she, she'd shit in the back of the car. Ew. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, we finally get her to the hospital. Perfect. She's perfectly fine. 
per- perfect. <laughs> it was totally all an fine. act. It was all an act just to, uh, even is, though she did shit in the car. I God, will say why that. can't every funeral be like that? You know, like oh, that's yeah. so entertaining and exciting. Those are the kind of things I'd be sitting there with my mouth open, like, is this really happening? I'd be so happy. Yeah, if that, that was kind of, kind of my happened. role. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it, but it was that is a good desecrating fuck. grave story. Yeah, I thought so. You know, um, I was thinking that you were mentioning. First of all, by the way, the way you tell that story is excellent. Like where you're all over. Like it's it's hard to keep track, but the fact that you can put it together. My grandmother was yelling at my cousin. My cousin was yelling at it. It's it's a very cohesive structure. I re- you know, I've you are it an for outstanding years. writer. Thank you, David. Um, but the re- one of the reasons that you are here today, mm. besides, um, you know, that I love you very much. Um, Thank you, David. And your family. Thank you, David. Uh, that was for real, folks. That was, mm-hmm. uh, no, like, wasn't even making Some it up. real emotion. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, is, I'm not even dressed like a 14-year-old. <laughs> yeah. A little, little though. <clears throat> little. Uh, you are wearing a Batman shirt, you know, am, which yeah. is awesome. It's a, he's got, Mitch has got on the original Detective Comics comic book, and it's the 75th anniversary, so they redid the cover art where the Joker is more modernized. And it and redid the cover and it's really really cool shirt and he and then he told me he goes God everybody loves this shirt of course everybody, everybody loves does, it it's yeah. awesome the yeah. color is amazing love and shirt. who doesn't love the Joker just don't get a tattoo of it that's awkward that's my friend Dave Rashbaum did that from Bon Jovi he's got a mm-hmm. tattoo of the Joker with all the ha ha ha's on his yeah. chest and it's it's a little awkward I got that. especially uh, you know when back. you bring him to the cemetery and the Jewishness um, yes so anyway yes talking about your family your dad. Oh, the, okay. This I had a feeling hero. this might be why. Yeah, this <laughs> is why. Well, no, that's not just why. It's just like <laughs> an added bonus because, mm-hmm. Mitch, you don't understand. This show is based on. Uh, I don't. Now, let's see. Do you, this is what I play all the time. See if you remember because you you lived this. But this is my. Uh, this we play this all the time. Big John has a problem, as you can plainly see. He's 40, the next he's 33. Big John keeps a changing before your very eyes. He's 25, and then 19, then 12 years old inside. Big John, little John, what a way to grow. Big John, little John, high low. The best part about the 70s. Yeah. This is the opening theme. It continues. Oh, I know. was <laughs> a prop show. He drank yeah, yeah. a little drink. And that magic water is the thing that made him shrink. So, do you not? Do you? That what I don't know. You and don't I'm a know big it, Croft guy. Yeah, it's not. It's not Croft. It, oh, okay. I don't think it was Croft, but it's it's Robbie Rist who I've been trying to Robbie get Rist on this who show. Trying, yes, and Herb Edelman. And the thing is, Herb Edelman found the Fountain of Youth, and he drinks the water, and he turns into Robbie Rez. I don't remember this show. It's called Big John, Little John, and it was I when... I guess that. So Mitch's yeah. father, God damn it, <laughs> and you sent me these photos, and I I can't find them. And If you could send them again, you had the I'll slides. I'll find them, yeah. Had my favorite thing, we were talking about it yesterday, that you were coming in. Um, Mitch's father worked on, like, H.R. Puffin stuff in Lidsville. He was a cameraman, was he? He was a or? cameraman, yeah. He was a cameraman for uh, a studio s- here in town, which is now Netflix. No Netflix, way. I think Netflix fi- bought the whole lot, but it used to be a studio called KTLA. I think KTLA still exists, but it was owned right, it by was Gene over, Autry. Yeah, I've, I've been in that studio because we filmed- They used to do Mr. Show there. Right. I saw Mr. Show. I saw I saw Mr. Show there years ago. I feel, I think KTLA is where we did uh, the, the one where I did uh, Make Me Laugh. Yes, we did Make Me Laugh. You were on Make Me Laugh? Yeah, why? You were 
writing on it or producing it? Dude, I was like, it's probably four. But I, I no, 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 I wasn't on the original. Oh, the original. They one, had yeah. another one with Mark Cohen as the host. Oh no, 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 no. no. But oh I my remember, God, wouldn't that be funny? But I, they, yeah, I was a comedian uh, on the original with Bobby the, Van. They <laughs> did do the original "Make Me Laugh" there, and I actually think I saw as a kid one of the episodes with Gallagher. And Frank Zappa was the guest. No way. And Gallagher and was trying the to make only one who could make Frank Zappa. Believe it or not, Gallagher was the only one who could make Frank Zappa laugh. I do not believe it. It was true. But yeah. it does make a little bit of sense because he is out there, man. It was also where Letterman did his – and my dad did this one too uh, – Letterman's morning show that no, he did for wait. a year. I thought his morning show was out of New York. What? No, wait a minute. No, I thought it was there because they also no, – it was The Liars Club. Sorry. I got the oh, – uh, not okay, the talk okay. show. I'm sorry. It was Letterman on uh, – it was uh, there was a game show called the liars like Club. like a to tell the truth kind of thing yeah but they were liars and it was mainly comedians and letterman was on that show yeah he did yeah. a lot of those shows back then gong shows yeah, and, and stuff Kauf, like that and then i got i've told you the andy kaufman one right no. with uh my dad was he also did the dinosaur show and <laughs> uh dinosaur had um andy kaufman was supposed to come on right and do a cooking segment with dinah and who shows up but not Andy Kaufman but Tony Clifton oh, no. picked up two hookers because back in that day, this was – I think it was on Hollywood Boulevard. The studio was just off of Hollywood or Sunset. I can't remember. But anyways, there were hookers everywhere. Now it's all cleaned up. They're not around anymore. But right. back then, getting a hooker was no no issue. you know. And it, they look like hookers too. So he came in drunk with these two hookers on either arm. And my dad had no idea who they were. Anyways, so they come in and they sit down. He's totally belligerent. He goes up. He wrecks the cooking segment <laughs> with Dinah Shore. He's swearing and stuff like that. And then, But the capper was, in the wings was a young comedian named David Copperfield who was waiting to come on. Wait, magician? Was, or the magician, comedian? I'm sorry. Okay, the magician, yeah. David Copperfield, waiting to come on, all rigged up and ready to go. And Tony Clifton stormed out, tore his, all his stuff apart, and then bailed on out of there. And my dad for weeks would tell me this asshole. Andy Kaufman came on, blah, blah, blah. And then one day we were looking through TV Guide and I saw a picture of Kaufman. I said, Dad, was that Andy Kaufman? And he goes, no, that's not Andy Kaufman. That's not what he looks like. And I went, oh, wait a minute. And I flipped through some more. I said, did he look like that? And he goes, yeah, that's the guy. And I said, yeah, that's Tony Clifton. That's his alter ego. But so, it was Andy Kaufman. It was Andy so Kaufman. So you knew before anybody as, that Tony Clifton for sure was Andy Kaufman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, th- I guess. Yeah, I guess. Well, you know I how people know. were never sure. Yeah, they were never sure. The movie, it really. might have been Bob Zamuda, but I think I'm pretty sure it was Kaufman because he was supposed um, to be on. Is it. there footage of that? Probably, I guess. If you can find those old dinosaur shows somewhere, you know, it's funny. You remember, um, Gene, when we were talking yesterday, how I told everybody they're not going to make it. You know, like the Blue Man Group and yeah. um, Chelsea Handler. So you'll never make it in comedy. Jim Gaffigan. That's uh, right. You have I've, a relationship with Chelsea. You had you. You've told me some Chelsea Handler stories. Right, right, right. Yeah. But um, one of the ones I'd forgotten was David Copperfield. I told him, um, you know, you what you're doing is it's not good. You didn't. Say uh, that. Did we, you no, really he was say my camp counselor. We're both from New Jersey. He was my camp counselor. So one day he was at this party, you know, Sherry Kreiser's party across the street. I don't know. I was eight, nine, and he was older. He was like 13, 14, maybe even 15. And he was doing magic. And I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, I do magic. I'm like, oh, you do magic. You know, like I was like really <laughs> like a dick about it. And, uh, and he's like, yeah. And, and so he saw the show and it was pretty good. But I think the reason I remember it is, you know, way before he was famous is because I was a kid and he was, you know, kind of like, you know, older and a counselor. And he asked my opinion. He goes, what did you think of the show? And I'm like, I don't know whether I'd end with the balloon animals. I don't know whether I'd open with that. Like I gave him like <laughs> advice like that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'd go bigger. If yeah. I, and whatever. He took your advice. I guess he did. But um, it's, a, it's just like, he, he was all right. 
Um, I don't think he's going to go further than the, the block parties. But uh, so, but it's funny because uh, that's why I remember because he asked my opinion. But then the next day on the bus, that, that was a Friday night. And on Monday, and he had shown me a couple of tricks, which I use for years to this day. It was really some hand magic. And the next Monday on the bus, I was like the king of the bus because he goes, oh, I saw David Friday night at a party. And all my, you know, the bunk friends were just like, um, oh, you hung out with the counselor? And I'm like, ah, we were at a party together. It wasn't a big deal. Don't worry about it. You know, like, he's <laughs> like, but it was cool. And I think that's why I remember. And then he just, you know, blew up. I mean, like mm-hmm. really blew up. It's so funny that he was at Dinah Shore. I wondered, that must have been, you know, years before he actually pulled the Statue of Liberty stunt. See, my dad like did that. that too. No way. Yeah, he was one of the cameramen on that thing too. And he told me how they did it. Oh, oh. Can you tell us? Is it a secret? You know is it just one of I've been waiting my whole life to hear this. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculously easy how they did it. They were sworn to secrecy. But okay, Jesus but wait. Christ, just before like you say, like, uh, Gene, do you know about this? David Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty disappear on a television special in either the very late seventies or the early eighties. I think it was late seventies. It's big special. Going to make the Statue of Liberty disappear. No one knows to this day how he did it, and he did it. Right. You know, and you're just like, well, of course he did it. He did it with a camera trick. You know, like whatever. But now, ladies and gentlemen, this is—I'm so excited. I don't. Th- I think most people have forgotten about it. I know? haven't. You know, so I don't know that I'm <laughs> telling anything out of school. Um, but uh, it's so ridiculously simple that you won't believe this is how they did it. But basically, how they did it was they had a the um, the stands that the people were in, right? Yeah. Were that was facing the Statue of Liberty. Were all on ball bearings. So when they blind, if you remember the the bit, the cameras were mounted to the um, uh, the stands, and then everybody was blindfolded. I do remember that. So uh, all they all they literally did was rotate them around 180 degrees. Okay, now I've heard that. Okay, but if you're telling me that you don't know, back in the 70s, that you don't know you're being moved around, they that did. you can't feel it. That's almost impossible. That's a that's a miracle of 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 machinery that he came according, up with. Then sure, but according to my dad, who was there, that's how they did it. Yeah. So when the audience was there and they took off the blindfold, and I, you know, I never they forget were looking because- at a they they replicated. If you remember it, there were lights. There were like in a square. I pattern totally around it. I remember. They replicated it right behind them. So when it came, when they turned around, they were looking at a space. I mean, as a little boy, that's the greatest thing you could ever see. You know, like a magician making the Statue of Liberty disappear. That's all you ever want to see if you're 13, yeah. 14. Uh, so, so, yeah, I it. remember everything about it. But I had heard that the audience was rotated. Like, I had heard the myth. But I was like, but that's impossible. How do you not know you're being moved? And I'm talking about the 70s. There wasn't, like, you know, hydraulics or anything back then. Like, how did they move it so like perfectly that no of the audience members ever knew. And were they sworn to any kind of secrecy? Was there any kind of the contract? Cameraman, the guy, the crew guys were. I know they had to send, yeah, right. sign NDAs, but I, I have no idea about the audience. What about his homosexuality? Sorry. <laughs> now, uh, this, hmm. uh, <laughs> that you, oh, your dad is the shit. Is he dead? He is dead. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. So uh, sorry for your loss. Uh, no, <laughs> that's a mate. Were you close with him or did you hate him or anything? I'm sorry. You know, uh, we were not terrifically close. Oh. And then when he and my parents got divorced, I didn't see him for 10 years. Oh. Uh, and oh my. then he sort of came back into my life and then he died. Sure, once he became successful. Uh, <laughs> I was only a little successful. Well, let's just say that that's point. the way it was. Yeah. But uh, but oh, no, sorry, but I got see, but I got the good stuff because you got the real. Most good of that stuff. was when I was like under the age of ten. So yeah, that was let me tell you good. something, folks. I mean, this guy got to see my favorite shows. Girl. Like the fact that I know you is like so exciting. I mean, you you might have got to see this live. 
What happened to you? Why are you walking that way? I'm a mechanical boy. part about this song is like it's it's really good like the, it's groovy yeah. like that little big john little john one it's like a good song like you know but no, it's, it was it's, a it was a better time we were just talking about it the other day it was like you could go down when you went down to, oh sorry i was just like i want to play it again because it go, picks go, go. up the horns come in I like when they have the, uh, the canned laughter, too, because Puffin Stuff is cr- rolling his eyes around. I, were you there when they filmed something like that? I mean, I'm sorry, that's not like that, iconic. But I, me. I mean, I'm sure you've seen those pictures. I have, there's the pictures with Puffin Stuff. With oh, I know, because we, again, while we were talking about it, my favorite photo that you have, which is like my dream, is Puffin, the guy who played Puffin Stuff with his head off looking yeah. at the script. Yeah, reading that's that. my favorite yeah. shit. And not only that, so I was talking about. I was doing the bit for them the other day. My one of my jokes that I do, which you know nobody cares for, is well, you know Chewbacca doing that <laughs> and uh, Peter Mayhew. I posted. Did you see the picture I posted with my dad with those guys from the first? Because he also worked on the, one of the first Star Wars specials. What? as well. I posted. Wait, your dad worked on that Ewok special? He did. No, not that crazy one that oh. they did, but they had them on the Donnie and Marie show or one of those freaking shows that he worked on. And so yeah, there was a picture of him with Vader and <laughs> Chewbacca oh my and God. somebody else, one other person in it, I think. Well, yeah, you know, got, it's funny that your dad even was smart enough to take pictures like like, like he knew he was, it was going to Yeah, he liked to get his picture taken, I think. He was always getting his picture taken. Uh, but it's – that's yeah, that's the thing with it. You know, I have a – you know, in the documentary that they have before they made those horrible episodes, one, two, three, they have Peter Mayhew with his thing off. And it's just funny because I didn't know he was British and he's just like – I was like, well, I couldn't even believe they asked me to do another Star Wars. Like, mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. he talks like that. Like, the guy who did Puffin stuff, um, what did he talk like? Oh, God, I can't remember. He passed away, too, like maybe three or four years ago. Oh, that's it? I'm trying to remember what his name was. Because his voice name. wasn't the voice that had oh, God, Danny. No, no, wasn't no. That. I don't that know who a... that voice was, but it wasn't his. No, Why'd he... they make him that way? Do you know why they made him with the, the southern uh, kind of gay accent no, with the white I boots? couldn't tell you. No, I mean, <laughs> back then, and what this is what I was, was going to get to, is like now if you go on a – to get even get onto a lot now – it's, you know, you got to go through, got to show my ID and get all this. Da, da, da. Back then, it was literally just my mom would drive up and she would sometimes just drop me off. And I could uh. wander. I, I could wander the sound stages back then and go from one to one to one, you know, because back then they were doing like Solid Gold they did there and the Donnie Marie show they oh did there. God, I can't even And What's it. Happening they oh did there God, I, and I, I, Soap, if you remember Soap. Of course I do. And all of those, and he, you know, and he had some great stories. I was telling, I was telling somebody a story about what's happening about the kid on what's happening because all those kids ended Raj? up getting in trouble. Not, uh, oh, I'm sorry, not what's, no, wasn't it? What's up? No, it was different strokes. I'm sorry. Oh, was, he did different strokes too. It was who was the kid from the older brother? Oh, Todd strokes. Bridges. Todd Bridges, when during like the worst period of his life, would would come onto the stage with a briefcase full of guns, what and stuff. Yeah, and to different strokes. Uh huh. Yeah, when they were filming it. Mm-hmm. 
What yeah. the f- why? I don't know. My dad. All my dad told me was that he he was really. I think he was. I think he was doing some heavy drugs back well, yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. They all and all so, of them. Yeah. All, all of them are dead. Well, that, every single one. No, the girl is still alive. Isn't oh, he? oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Bridges I is think, still alive. It's just so weird because he should be the one that should be dead first. Yeah. You know, like it's weird that Dana Plato were, and Gary Coleman I mean, died. Yeah, that was the other thing too. Is drugs were. I mean, he's what's his um, when they were doing Solid Gold. It was one of the Gibb brothers who was uh, was the 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 one who did Witchy Woman. Um, Witchy Woman. Which was the with the um, Witchy Woman is the Eagles, isn't no, it? No, not which. It was um, what is the name of that song? He did. Oh, Andy Gibb. Andy Gibb. My favorite song. Uh, I just want to be your everything. Right, and then he but did. There was um, one with a witch. I don't. Whatever. Anyways, oh, Andy Gibb. When Andy Gibb was dating Victoria Principal. Right, and then he committed suicide because he was in love with Victoria Principal. Well, yeah, well, he got, when she broke up with him, they had to delay everything for weeks because he would just sit in his trailer doing blow all day long. Oh. And they couldn't get him out of his trailer, and everybody hated Victoria Principal. It was very dramatic. Um, but it was neat. I love this song. so long You and me have finding each other for so long And the feeling that I feel for you is more than stronger Take it from me If you give a little more than you're asking for Your love will send the I never know all the what, lyrics. But there but was one with a witch, wasn't there? I, there probably, but this one, and he had this one, and uh, there's another one, and I probably sing this song like once a week for some reason it's in my head and it's so sad because you know he committed suicide over Victoria Principal and she if he could though, see what then. she looked like now I don't she think was, he would have yeah, done no, it no no yeah, no no she was ridiculous now, hot then. Then. oh no no was, I get it, I get it. Yeah. Then, yeah. it's still though it's like if you're successful I'm, I'm sh- he was a very handsome guy I'm sure yeah. he could have met someone else Meredith, Meredith Baku yeah who was also I think his partner at the time oh really yeah remember her I, she did Solid Gold wasn't she the host yeah, of Solid, Solid Gold, Gold. Yeah. yeah 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 um, no, I do remember her. Um, but that's so funny. I, I talk about Andy Gibb all the time. I don't know why. But he, so he was all, everybody was on drugs. <laughs> they were doing a lot of coke. He used to do, he also did a show called Sha Na Na, if you remember. Uh, that I totally show. remember. Yeah, and with those Bowser. Guys, yeah, Bowser. Those guys were all musicians. <laughs> that was on 7.30 Saturday nights at Channel 4. Right. Oh, my God. I'm a, and he was a PM. My wait, dad was talking a, about a musician as well. So he would party with those guys constantly. So how did you, you, you weren't a big drug guy. You've made no. it pretty good. How did you not? do that because you saw the bad sides i mean how did you not get into it if you're a little boy it must look very romantic in many ways i don't think i knew what the hell it was i mean i was like eight or seven i was pretty young i just thought it was the coolest thing ever to no, go down there i think it's the coolest thing yeah. that you went down there this was my whole this is why it's so frustrating for me i mean i was just telling vanessa today i'm like my whole life has only been wanting to be on you know H.R. Puffin stuff, you know, like as, yeah. as a boy, like I just wanted to be Jack Wild, you know, which he turned out to be a mess as well. It's just a, a bummer. Mess as well, Guy's yes. nominated for an Oscar, and then he gets H.R. Puffin stuff, which he's probably like, even though he's twelve, he's just like, this sucks. I should be in more movies. But meanwhile, they gave him song and dances to do because yeah. they understood his his greatness. And then I don't know, it's a bummer. But I mean, think about this: like this. The, first of all, the music. Some of these songs were so good. This is the Lidsville. In the middle of the summer. Look at that great bass. Well, by the way, you were. For a boy who's like, what were you going to say? Were, I, this is what I was saying. You, could play, you said it a second ago, but it's like, 
part of the key to those those old Sid and Marty Croft shows what was amazing was the opening the, music sequences the, were like ten minutes 10 long. Ten minutes long. So they didn't have to write as much. That's show. what I was we were talking about yesterday. That <laughs> right, they only had two minutes of content yeah, every week. It's like they didn't and need twenty to, minutes of the opening. Of the yeah. opening. So, and, and you know this it's, one's like the longest. You know, it's funny. I, I used to have a public access show called the Dave Jessica and Friends show, and the opening was twenty minutes long, yeah. so I wouldn't have to do anything else. You know, I could put that together every week and it then was there was brilliant. only five minutes of content. But yeah, right. This and well this is we talk about this all the time because um, I always play the Rhoda opening theme a lot because as an example of when they're telling the story. So Sarah and I were talking about uh, Silverman, uh, her boyfriend, Michael Sheen. She, the shows that he had over in Wales were ones where they had the long explanation openings. Oh, really? Because that's how they could explain the series to people that weren't American. Mm-hmm. So he had Rhoda over there because they have the, like, hello, my name is Rhoda Morgenstern. I moved to Minneapolis. My entrance exam was on a book of match. You know, it's the whole story. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to send him the Big John, Little John. Oh, he knows that one. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, what? How did he know that one? But it has the long opening. So these long openings were amazing. This is Lidsville. This is Charles Nelson Riley, the, like the only thing we've ever known him to do besides match game. And the opening goes like 20 minutes. It was Mark. He had yeah. come to see the magic man along with all the children. And twas so began the day that Mark was never to forget. He performed all sorts of miracles, and Mark was so impressed That when the time arrived to go, he lagged behind the rest Then quietly he did return the secret of the hat to learn But everyone had gone away, and darkness held a threat The moment that he touched the hat, the room began to glow And as he put it down and ran, the hat began to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow And again, here we are where, oh, well, I guess that's the end of the song. No. But no. He was stunned and he yeah, was fascinated. <laughs> Still, he had Keep going. There was something deep inside the hat. What could that something be? Then cautiously, each step he took, it he climbed upon the oh, I, I know. And all at once, the hat began to shake and rock. Look out. This part gets really trippy, and I know, it's we really off, good. This part that's coming, we actually ripped off for All Hell King Julian. Oh, is that just, right? Yeah, and I had to, I had to explain it to you because most of the people I work, uh, oh, they, they have no idea, right. no idea what Lidsville is. So I said, just watch this, and they watched it, and they were like, "What the fuck is this thing, man? <laughs> What's the it's, matter with you, old people?" Crazy. Right? <laughs> well, here and before you finish, the interesting thing is like. The whole premise of the show, Lidsville, you couldn't even touch with a 10-foot pole these days. It's about a fucking adult magician who kidnaps a little boy and basically drugs him and keeps him inside of a giant magical hat. It's it's so fucked up that right, it's and the like, premise, But the premise is also good in the sense where it's all a land full of hats. Hat people. That are doing this most stereotypical yeah. of hats. like So it's like, you know, they it's have cowboy the, the hat, gangster hat. And, and there's a like, football player hat. Right, right, yeah. right. It's so yeah. stupid. And the woman who played Witchy Poo in H.R. Puffins, who was the villain, now plays the good genie. And they, I don't know why they were so in love with this woman. They were Billy, God, what was her name? Billy something Yeah, Billy or something or other. other. Yeah. Right, right. What, what, what do you know her about her? Too. Like, why? what was so great about her? They loved her. They, they, they loved her because she was in, she was in, yeah, she was Witchy Poo and H.R. Puffin stuff. Right. She was Weenie the Genie Weenie in the that genie. one. <laughs> Which is awkward. Um, and she was in another one. She was in a bunch of those. And those guys weren't gay? 
<laughs> just because no, like, those two she dudes, just seemed like somebody no. you would hire if you were a gay. By the way, you know, they're like, still you're hiring Charles Nelson Riley, and you're hiring this witchy poo. You know, they're still around. Um, Who, I think oh, both, Sid and Marty Croft. I think both of them are still alive. I know, but they're is still actively trying to make stuff. They are. Oh yeah, God, there's I'd a, a guy I work show. with. Uh, one of the execs I work with showed me some stuff from one of the shows they were trying to do just a couple of years ago. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Wait, so here's the uh, the scene you were talking about. <laughs> This is when yeah. he's falling through the hat. And it's all the puppets. And it's, yeah, it's terrifying. All the weird right. Terrifying. Falling, falling into the heading And then the song goes out the window. <laughs> they have this unbelievable it kind of piece of up. great 70s, interesting, trippy shit, great music, really good music. You know, if you're a kid, whatever. But, although it's very entertaining right now. And then it just goes to this. They ran out of work. Wait, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna try to do it. Don't leave the end off. How's that for a top? No, I'm doing Paul Lynn. Shit. Wait, I can do it. I can do it. How's that for a topper? I can't do it right. I'm not getting the chosen. How's that for a topper? That show, yeah. I was doing Paul Lynn. I remember when you. How's that for a topper? I remember when you first realized that I knew what Lidsville was. I remember you and I. I came over your house. It. I was just yeah. telling Vanessa, I, "There's no Dunkin' Donuts in this town," and KTLA was airing it on Saturday mornings at ten o'clock. And I came over <laughs> to your house with donuts <laughs> on Saturday it. morning, and, and you guys didn't care, and it was driving me insane. <laughs> You're like, "Can't we just DVR it?" No, we have to watch it live. It t- this yeah. is only last year. Yeah, you, you think was I was not, like, what were you, 12? Not that long ago. No, no, it was only like last, I was but, like 52. I yeah, think those <laughs> shows were freaking, I mean, what is it? They you meant know, so the, much to me as a kid because they were live action. It's just, I, what I love, love about a lot of that stuff and a lot of other stuff too, like there is the stuff that you used to be able to do that you could no longer do. Like like I said, you could never right. do that show now because <laughs> they would go, wait a minute, this is a show about kidnapping and drugging children. Well, that's one interpretation of it. Right. You know, there's other. There's you know, there's other ones. But I went years ago. I got asked to develop. They were look, trying to do Super Chicken. Remember Super Chicken? Um, um, kind of. He's like a bah, 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 super. Di- um, silly. It's about a fucking chicken with superpowers. No, I guess you I'm know. thinking a robot chicken. So no, no, this was it was Super Chicken. It was a, again. I think it was a '70s cartoon. Oh, and they wanted to make you know. No, they I don't wanted know that to one. do. They'd done Underdog, and they wanted to do Super Chicken as a movie or something like that. So I went back and watched a bunch of them. And, like, the first one is Super Chicken running uh, and setting some dude on fire, and then he's being chased by two cops who are firing bullets at him. And just, like, none <laughs> of this... a cartoon can, or live action? Cartoon. Oh. None of this you can do anymore. You can't do anything no, even remotely like that. Do anymore. you know that uh, last week on the show, um, I just went over the 1976 Saturday morning cartoon schedule? Like, what, like this is what, what I do. It? Just like, you know, the schedule. I'm like, okay, now at 8 a.m. I used to, because there was nothing else on, I would watch Tom and Jerry Grape Ape show. You know, like just oh, I remember Grape Ape, going over yeah. the whole thing. That was a horrible they, Some of the stuff was just absolutely horrible. Oh, yeah. During the 70s, everything was, Super Friends was a nightmare, yeah. which ruined DC for, you until the animated Batman 20 years later came up, Super Friends ruined why you couldn't do a serious Batman. Yeah. Well, same thing with Scooby-Doo. That was what we were up against. I mean, a lot of those I hated inter- Scooby Doo in the seventies. A lot of those iterations were awful, boring, just terrible. Sorry, they didn't care at all, and that's why 
these were like HR professors from the 60s. Uh, Lidsville was more from the 70s, but it looked like they tried. You know, they were trying to do interesting things where it was clear in the mid 70s. They just gave up. Oh, yeah. Grape ape? Who gives a shit? It was well, horrible. The, yeah, at those times, you know, like like Hanna Barbera, those guys, they were just trying to get shit sold. I it, remember it's so obvious, people, right? Scooby, when we were doing Mystery Incorporated, we went back into the archives at Hanna Barbera and found. In fact, we did a whole episode based on it. Scooby was originally not even a dog. He was in a different TV show called about a whale. Uh, really? And these two kids, Jabberjaw. No, not Jabberjaw. No, Jabberjaw. Those were all the rip-off ones. Those were right. all the shows that ripped off Scooby-Doo. But no, he was um, he, he was a dolphin named – no, no. He, I'm sorry. He was a sea lion named Scooby who was the pet of these two undersea boys. And, um, and they had this white whale you know, that they had um, – God, I'm blanking on the name of the show. But those guys the, – the, their genius was that they would, they would cannibalize themselves all the time. And once they hit on Scooby-Doo – they just kept recycling it kept as different recycling things with Scrappy Doo and right. Just but there's but Jabberjaw, Captain Caveman. Don't forget Captain oh, Caveman, Jabberjaw, Speed Buggy, uh, Funky Phantom. Oh, they're Funky all the same. Phantom sh- about a, a revolutionary ghost who yes. said you know solve crimes. What oh, the, it was fucking horrible. What the with, fuck with the was cat, that? The cat that with lives on cat. top of his head. Yeah. Oh, I used to have to sit through all that because there was you know I was. I was the right age for that, but I knew at the time these are horrible shows, but there's nothing else on. By the way, Frank Welker, who we talked about earlier, the voice of all of them. All of them. I know. All I know. That's except why. For, except for Funky Phantom. That's yeah. why, Mitch, I swear you put me on that show. Meeting a guy like that was so exciting. And quite frankly, meeting even Kurtwood Smith was very exciting. <laughs> like, that's right. Kurtwood that guy's Smith been around a long episode, time. Yeah. It was very exciting to meet a guy who always plays a villain, a cranky a guy, very nice and man, a though. very nice man. We're yeah. talking about this is the father on that 70s show. And uh, he was in he was a in RoboCop. Bat- he was in Boy. The- he we we cast him again on Boy the Batman. He was. Um, he always played um, like the he Commissioner Gordon. Gordon, right? Gordon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fast and what a nice guy. And it's yeah. so exciting to be a part of that. Now, uh, one other thing, and, and we'll, we'll go soon. But um, you know, I, I could really talk to you for hours. Uh, did you work with Mark Hamill at all? Oh yeah, on any of the yeah, Batman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how did no, he get involved? Like, how did they he know? With on, we worked with them on Scooby Doo, Mystery Incorporated. Oh, he worked. Oh, fuck! Why was he on with my Mark, show? I God worked with damn him. It, that would have been. Yeah, we did it. No, it was the second season. We did you do it on purpose him. to not have me in there because you know I might pee in my Yeah, hands. that was why we did it. Well, most of the things I do in my life, I think, would Dave Jeskow be interested in this? And <laughs> I have so, I, then I'm and I appreciate that. Yeah. I know um, in many ways you are kind like but, that, but <laughs> yeah, Mark Ham- Mark Hamill is an interesting cat because he um, he's good now. But I remember a year I I worked with him for the first time. 20 years 15 years ago really um and he was i forget what role he was playing but at that time uh and i was pretty new relatively new to the business um in terms of animation and i was totally in awe of him of i mean like my god this is awesome right now. star yeah because star wars yeah, my the, god we're the right age done. yeah so um he was a bit nutty back then but now he's like uh, he's not quite quite as nutty. And I found he's great. I mean, everybody knows him as the Joker. We use him as, as something else. That, isn't that the funny thing, though? Everybody knows him as the Joker. Gene, did you know he was the Joker on the Batman animated series? Did you know that he? See, that's what I'm saying. I did not. Like we know, like you know, people that like comics and stuff like that. Like we know he's the Joker, and he's he's the best Joker. Like we were talking about that Kevin Conroy does Batman. He, he's the best Joker. Like they, and when he doesn't do it, it, it suffers. And uh, so my question is. 
how did you figure out he would make a good Joker? Who would have thought Mark Hamill would have been a good Joker? How did that come that to be? Would, I'm guessing that was Andrea Romano, who just recently retired. Oh, and, and you um, let me meet her, too, which was very exciting. Yes, yeah. Because I know she cast that show, and it was like, you know, I'm like, I, yeah. Yeah, uh, and she just she just recently retired. Um, she it was. I'm guessing it was her. I mean, there was a period of time where he was... You know, he'd been working his way up the totem pole doing – he started doing a lot of voiceovers. What made voice him – like what made him – where would people think Mark Hamill would be? I mean I know he wasn't getting work as a regular actor. It's like why – You know what? I honestly don't know the story. But if I could guess, it was that he, you know, had worked with Andrea probably. Because uh, I was going to say like right now, I mean he's – he might be one of the most sought after voices in voiceover. Now he is. Because that you know, Joker that, thing alone – and yeah. quite frankly, I think he just does – Bits of that because, you know, he's on The Flash as the trickster, which is pretty much a derivative, like in live action on the mm-hmm. Flash CW, uh, which is uh, clearly a, der- a derivative, uh, you know what I'm trying to say, I'm like Porky Pig now, yeah, yeah. Uh, of uh, the Joker. Yeah, yeah he kind of yeah, did that for us, too, is on Mystery Incorporated, he played, um, he played this giant baby. It he's was basically a giant baby. Really you know? good at that. Yeah. Voice. I don't know how he's, he But he's, again, so one of those guys who there are certain dudes... It's interesting. I was having a conversation. There are because every now and then we'll work with actors who, who are really you know they're great in front of a camera. Oh, thank you. But man. you, yeah, uh huh. And uh, <laughs> but you get them in a but. you get them in front of a microphone, you know, in a booth yeah. doing a character, and they're used to performing for a camera, so they they underplay everything, and it's really tough to pull a performance out of them. But then you get guys like Mark Hamill and other dudes who just go f- crazy. You get, you get set free, you know, and so those are the guys you want to work with all the time. I, I remember uh, Mark Hamill was on Howard Stern on his old Channel 9 show, and me and my friend Lawrence were just so in awe of him because, you know, he's goddamn Luke Skywalker. So um, he was just sitting – I remember he was sitting, he was judging a contest, and he just looked so cool. But I heard he was a little crazy. He, he was. When I first met him, he was a he was a like, little what, crazy. Why do you suppose a guy like that – I mean, because you think he was like Todd Bridges crazy in the sense like why wouldn't he work again? He's I a don't, handsome guy. Uh, I, I don't guess know. he's a bad I, actor. I do but, know. I, I mean I don't – he can't be that bad because you can't do voices like that and be a bad actor. I don't think it was the acting thing. I was just think of – you know, you have a very – you get in the booth. You have – usually those sessions run about four hours. It's limited and, you know, you want to like – I've worked with – there's been a couple of actors who shall be nameless who I've had Damn to – who have, I've had to deal with. <laughs> Who who just are impossible, and it wrecks your whole. It wrecks the whole session because. So then, you think he was just difficult to work with, and he got a reputation. Maybe he certainly doesn't have it now. Right, right. No, now was, he's, he's redeemed years, himself. This is many, many, many years. Well, check ago. this out. Uh, we were just William. We just played this yesterday, but we also actually watched the video yesterday. That you know, this is the old Mike Douglas show. Did you know about that? Because was it? It wasn't sure. local, right? Okay, so check. Yeah, it out. No, I remember Mike Douglas. Oh wait, it takes a second, right? I taped it off. I think I taped it off the TV. In 1977. Would you tape it off like a cassette tape or something like that? Eight track. Welcome to the Mike Douglas Show. I'm Richard Thomas and I'm Mike's co host. With us on the show will be from the new film Star Wars, Carrie Fisher, (laughs) Mark Hamill. And Harrison Ford. From the Cincinnati Reds, Pete Rose. <laughs> Pete Rose. And Tom Seaver. Singer Billy Paul. The best and the mime troupe, 
Woman shots. Oh my God. <laughs> I know you know what I'm talking about. Are you kidding me? That's a pretty hot, that's a pretty good show. It's a man, hot for show. The time. So we were watching it because my friend William was here co-hosting last, this, uh, yesterday and we watched, I made him watch it because like, um, Mark Hamill looks terrific it's, and him and Harrison Ford looks was good. Was it before they, the accident? Before, was it after the first movie? Yes, okay. like three months after the first. Yeah, when did he have the accident? He had it sometime between the first and second movies. That's why. Oh, I, this that, is this I is in July. Yeah. The movie came out in May. Yeah, this was. He looked terrific. The, it was a car. I I mean, I only know the story from what I've read. I think he was in a car accident and it messed up his nose or his face, which is why in the second one he gets smacked in the face by that. Oh, beast, because he, they, it explains his. Th- oh, yeah. that. Oh my God! How could I not? How know could you that? not know that? I yeah. don't know. That's so so funny. But yeah, um, it was watching him on it. He was like really good looking. Mike Douglas is. Like, it's so funny. He's like he just. See, I mean, he was an old man, but it's just funny when you're like, now this picture is terrific. It, it, it now it has a robot. Is that right? Named R two D two, and he and he rolls around <laughs> and does beeps and stuff. And the uh, the uh, antagonist is, is someone named uh, Darth Vader. Is that correct? It's so so uh-huh. funny listening to these. So, these iconic characters, somebody talking about like, now let me see if I get this. So what you're saying is, and they were talking to Mark Hamill and he's like, now usually you play villains and stuff and he just looks so cool. And that's why I always wonder what happened, you know, like what, like what went, yeah, and let I, alone if you think about Carrie Fisher, what happened? Yeah. You know, these two icons, you know, and just uh, turned out to yeah, be a mess. Yeah, she had in her system too when she, I, I guess, man, she had a lot Yeah, of drugs in her system. Too bad. And yeah. Too bad. I yeah. never see someone I never got to meet that I would have loved because she started doing a little bit of voice worked on Family Guy and stuff like that at the Did end. She? Okay, uh, stuff. But but anyway, um, Mitch, thank you so much for coming in. Oh, it was my pleasure. And you, what's the new show you're working? On? You, you can say now, or you cannot. We are doing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know if it's been announced yet, but it's it's going to be for Amazon. Um, it's a new version of Kung Fu Panda. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry, but you more right Kung now. Fu Panda, like. More in the films, it's serialized, and it's the reason why I skipped over it in my head is because I don't care for Jack Black. Now he is not here. But what were you going to say? What I was going to say was the funny thing is the guy who plays him, who does his voice, does such a spot-on version of Jack Black. Oh, really? It's ridiculous. Mick, I can't remember. Mick, uh, he killed me. Mick Jones from the Clash. It's Mick Jones from the Clash. Um, (laughs) No, but. because I went, you know, I, I went to school with Jack. Jack and we all went to the same college together. Oh, you, and I didn't know what college is that? UCLA. Oh, and um, I've heard of that. And I'm hoping their quarterback. He, this goes guy to is Jack. so good that he's got. Because you know, I we used to hang out, and you know, I remember this, the same shtick that Jack does a lot now is stuff that we all used to when we were high, and uh, <laughs> and it's it was it's well, that's surreal. Why people like him, I mean, and this guy nails it. This guy nails. That's amazing. The, the the all the inflections, everything else. He's really good. Well, if you ever need anybody to play a Dave Juskow character, I know a guy. um, Now, a lot of times they ask me to play myself on it. Well, it is kind of funny. Like, uh, sometimes they do be like, hey, can you play that character you did? I'm like, character? You know, that obnoxious guy that never listens to anybody and he's always doing bits. And I'm like, what happened? Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's hilarious. That guy. I just always think of you, Dave Dave Juskow, life of the party. I can't, I can't. I mean, every time I've ever been to a party with you, it's just like, I'll just stay next to Dave. Because you is. somehow know everyone there, <laughs> or you know them within 10 minutes of being there. It is. I am good like that. You're very When good. I'm in a good mood and ready to do that. As really Vanessa knows, I can also be the exact opposite. But that's the kind of, uh, you know, what are you going to do, right? I'm a drama <laughs> yeah. queen, and everyone knows it. And I don't care who knows. 
But Mitch, thank you so much for coming in. I mean, really, it means a lot to me, and I love to see you oh, anyway. Thank so. you, sir. And you've been my really, pleasure, and he, this pleasure. is a guy, and I'm pointing to Vanessa, who's been very kind to me in the in show business, where many people have not. <laughs> so, thank you so much, Mitch. Uh, also, Lashana Tova, and uh, everybody. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, uh, an amazing uh, couple days in Los Angeles. Uh, Gene, thank you so much. Uh, Red's not here, but thank you. And Vanessa, and thank you for hooking us up at Exalt Studios. Uh, an amazing, great, and it's nice and cool in here, by the way. You worked it out. I don't know how you did it, but it's great. And thank you, everybody. We'll see you next time on the Nightfly. Fly. It's been a great time. Great pleasure. We'll see you next time.